Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros podcast. Welcome, welcome. I didn't realize last week that there was a there was a seventy fifth episode. I mean, wow, it's been a journey. And uh, for those of you who have stuck around, thank you very much. Your support means a lot, and your listens, your views, your comments—they're you know deeply appreciated. It's what keeps me going, and it's why I'm still uh, doing this. I mean, my tendency is usually to start something and eventually, down the road, give it up. But this is something I enjoy doing. I mean, let's be honest: the response hasn't been overwhelmingly uh, awesome, but it's something. It's not zero, so that's I'll take what I can get. So yeah, I mean, I do appreciate uh, you guys sticking around for these things and. Uh, I have received a lot of compliments from people who have uh, listened to the podcast. Uh, just just a couple minutes ago, somebody told me that uh, she heard my podcast for the first time and said I have a very good voice. So thank you, and I hope uh, uh, my voice brings you joy, sleep, whatever, whatever you're using this for. All right, on over with episode seventy-six, and this week slash this month got off to a weird start. 31st July felt like a bit of a, like the curtains had closed on July and everything was just going to be the same everything was going to be fine but 1st August on a Monday I went down to the engine room and everything had changed uh our scheduled port got delayed so we were uh, now heading to drop anchor so all our planned maintenance had to be replanned in addition the chief engineer out of the blue got a email got an email from the office that they are planning to relieve him 2 weeks from now he and i were supposed to sign off together in malaysia sometime in september but the now he was scheduled to leave 2 weeks later which is nothing in terms of time spent at sea and one week has already gone since then and this put a bit of a damper damper on the momentum that we had going because chief and i have been getting along i mean since i joined we've we've gotten along very well and it's rare like uh, it's be, it's it's rare for me to be honest where i get along well with a with a chief because i don't know my style of work i don't like micromanaging uh, i like a little bit of freedom and i know that i'll get stuff done i just need to do it at my own pace and with i mean i understand chief has things which are priority items according to him but i like to do my own thing first because it's already planned in my head and i don't like to break that momentum and he has given me that He's new to the company, and uh, he understands that I know the ship, and he knows that I can rely on him. This is obviously based on the first few days, like when we left the dry dock. Everything was a jumbled mess, and I, since I've known these this uh, class of ships, he just let me be, and uh, we've been talking, we've been in conversation, and uh, slowly we've improved the standard of the ship a little bit, and he's been there, and he's he's been a good help. He's he's just let me be, and that's that's the best kind of boss you can be. I mean, you just like uh, if you're if you're a, in a management position, I think the best thing is if you have workers who are motivated, just just let them be. You know, let them go with the flow. You just gotta like nudge them in the right direction every now and then, just pull the strings a bit. But that's it. If you have workers who want to work, then just let them be. And that's I re- I read this somewhere or I heard it on a podcast or something where it said management pretty much just gets in the way of uh, work because. Here's the thing: like a chief engineer is not directly involved in physical work and maintenance of machines. He is not a watchkeeper either. 
so he's not hands on anymore and this chief he's older he's what is he 73 born he is he was 72 born he is 18 years older than me uh no wait i forgot so yeah so he's a bit older and he's been a chief for the last i don't know 10 15 20 years so he is not that hands on anymore but he's got ideas he's got experience but when he sees that people are working and they want to work and uh, they're doing a good job and things are getting done and he can see that the standard of the engine room is improving he just he's taken a back seat and he's let me uh, let me drive basically so that's been good and we get along uh, off uh, work as well we play we've been playing table tennis ever since uh, almost every evening i mean unless we're in port or there's something going on so we get along well and then we've had these long conversations about uh, the war in ukraine because he is in fact ukrainian and uh, to hear his uh, stories of what he's been going through and the fact that he he revealed to me in confidence that he has lost his home in the war and uh, his car got blown up and something yeah so and he's back at sea just to um, i guess make a living and then his family depends on him and and a weird kind of a thing and you know i used to always think that you know how you people you find out that your grandparents were uh, originally from modern day pakistan and they switched to india so you have this dual connection thing this chief born in what is modern day belarus uh, studied in russia and is now a ukrainian uh, passport holder so <laughs> i think the soviet union countries have their own little uh, thing going on of who's where who's from where and then um, much later did uh, you countries like ukraine and serbia and whatever they enforced that they needed uh, their own passports and they weren't they want to like dissociate from the former soviet union i'm not i don't have a lot of knowledge about uh, all that but uh, that's what he tells me and he's this uh, he's a he's a good guy i mean i like him i like the guy he's a good guy he's got a mullet he's got such a long mullet that he puts uh, the back into a braid and then he's got trimmed uh, hair on the side and he's slightly balding in the middle on the top i guess but yeah nice nice guy to work with i'm i'm quite happy with that uh barring that while the chief is nice the third is also nice the german dude uh, we get along well and there's no fourth engineer as i've been mentioning which really really sucks uh the former captain i didn't get along well with him at all he was the one who did nothing when everybody had suspected uh, covid whatever that was and apparently that's coming back and i feel like i'm getting sick again uh the chief also felt it we're all just uh, a sniffling bunch of tea drinkers these days it's quite bad and the new captains here i've informed him and i've told him i'm feeling sick already and yeah and uh, yeah just dizzying uh, you know working in the engine room right this week so we had a big crew change in ghana a lot of people left and uh, a lot of new guys came in and so we didn't do any work there we just uh, basic stuff so we didn't know how long we got to be at anchor we didn't know how long we got to be in port and um, so that that got over then we pushed we were scheduled to do 4 hours 4 days of anchorage outside nigeria but that changed to just one day and we were called in early and uh, we had this big job planned in nigeria where uh, so the main engine has every unit has these accumulators which are basically uh, you can call them shock absorbers for your hydraulic system you don't want uh, pulses you don't want fluctuations of hydraulic pressure so this kind of dampens it up a bit think of it as a balloon with a membrane inside and you fill it with nitrogen because it's a stable gas it doesn't 
uh, react that much so it's stable it's it's good and that's why you have nitrogen filled tires and high performance cars and whatnot so these are scheduled to be replaced every five years and they were last done in the dry dock uh, in the last dry dock 2017 that was so they were scheduled to be done this dry dock and this job has been pending since march it's a fairly straightforward job an accumulator you just got a uh, shut down your lubricating system when you're in port let the lube oil drain a bit um, there are four bolts that hold each accumulator an accumulator weighs about 56 kilograms as for the manual drain it lift it with the lifting tool put it on the rack dismantle it throw away the old diaphragm put the new one in seal it again put it back but it's not that straightforward engine manufacturer called man bmw has is 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 notorious for terribly designed equipment which is so difficult to overhaul you just you can't i don't know who i don't know if they have elves working in the workshop which can reach all these nooks and crannies that they've built but a normal human being cannot reach these bolts and these allen bolts that they've installed in some corner which is ridiculous and they've got hot pipes going right under it the fuel oil return pipe is right under it you can't reach it without burning yourself so that that took a while so and again all of us were doing this for the first time it was my first time as well so i wanted to start with the unit which has nothing in front so number one unit that got done pretty easily but then here's the kicker we installed one of the accumulators which is on the rack which had said in big bold red marker it said overhauled august 2021 pressure tested till 62 bar and i'm like all right this must be good to go so we installed it and then we filled up uh, some 10 20 bar of uh, nitrogen just to check and it was leaking yeah so yeah we had to remove it and that's when we decided to start a system where we test the accumulator before we mount it because putting it in place is a pain in addition they have installed the accumulators at an angle it's not vertical or it's not entirely horizontal either it's it's at an angle and they've not given any vertical space above it you have to remove the floor panels and stuff and use the crane and hook a chain block to a crane and then try to pick it up but it's at an angle so your bolts don't go in till it sits completely so for it to sit down you have to align it somebody has to physically push the bottom down line up the holes and then crawl under the freaking hcu block and then install those bolts in ridiculous i don't know why they've made this design and i don't know why they don't realize this is not easy to overhaul it's it's terrible and you can't order man bmw engineers everywhere it's so bad but yeah we managed to it took us two hours so first unit number one unit got done fairly easily and we realized that one of them was leaking so we removed that and put the other one and that got done pretty quickly the next unit number two oh boy there's even lesser space and there's a, they've installed a big frame to support the crosswalk on the uh, on the exhaust valve platform so you have to go around it this way or that way but it's at the sweet spot where it just leaves no space on either side so you have to go in between the two units and try to stretch your hand out while avoiding hot pipes and everything and try to dismantle this damn thing and we did two units and we we're like yeah that's enough <laughs> we're not gonna it's been pending since march 
nobody before us bothered to get this thing done two generations of sailors came and went did nothing about it they could have easily done one unit per port and now we have been given the task of doing all of them we're not going to do it not not all six units in one port god no and then we also realized they had not ordered enough nitrogen for us so one accumulator uses a full bottle the next accumulator uses about half the bottle so it comes down to about 137 bar by the time you're done with that bottle then you need another one to fill it up to 144 146 whatever your temperature is of the accumulator so we used about a one and a half bottles per uh unit and we only have six so for doing four accumulators and we you had to use one uh, entire bottle as like a test bottle where we would install 10 15 bar of pressure and uh, just just to check that it doesn't leak before we install it so we ended up using four bottles for two units and now we only have two more left two and a half bottles to be honest two and a half left and then we we just don't have enough uh, nitrogen so we can't do it so next port we planning to do one more unit number 3 we going to use up those two bottles which are standing and probably have one more and some half filled bottles uh chief had an idea where we inst- we submerge the bottle in hot water and that pressurizes the gas and we use that and i'm i'm not that desperate to be honest I, i can just leave it i don't care and the diaphragms we did remove looked like they were okay nothing was leaking and uh yeah so that happened and that's planned that's another plan in motion that's going to carry on for the next uh, next week as well but we're going to be in the next port in uh, congo only on the 14th is it another sunday another sunday gone i guess so that's a problem for next uh, next weekend but now we've got some more experience we know what can go wrong and what will go wrong and we've kind of anticipated uh, how much time we're going to take so we have planned better Uh, we did test it. We started the lube wall pumps. There was no leak, and then we uh, started the HPS pumps. Got up to 100, 245 bar. Nothing. It's all good. Uh, I am going to check the pressures again tomorrow just to see if uh, they're holding. And uh, yeah, that's that should be it. So yeah. So in addition to that, we reached Nigeria. Uh, this port is notorious for. In fact, all ports in Nigeria, or even West Africa, are notorious for uh, these uh, port authorities who are always looking for a bribe. Uh, back in the day, it used to be customary to hand over a carton of cigarettes, case of soft drinks, whatever you could spare. Uh, this one time, I saw a police woman carry uh, a garbage bag full, like an empty garbage bag, to our galley, fill it up with fruits like apples and uh, oranges and whatever, f- a completely full. and didn't even uh you know take it by herself she had one of our guys offload it from the ship and load it in the back of her truck and it was common people could just like walk over you this one time i remember i was walking on the upper deck after after a long day and i was heading back from the uh, changing room and in front of me is an uh, is an uh, is a tall official and he just comes and starts frisking me and i'm like whoa dude whoa, what's going on what are you doing Like yeah, I'm Port Health and I'm Port Customs and Port this. I'm like yeah, okay, but you don't just start, you know, frisking up guy. Come on, what's up with you? And then yeah, whatever. So these guys think they can do whatever, and that's that's really sad, you know. These these things are in pay in place so that they safeguard seafarers against uh, poor treatment, poor conditions, 
uh, poor management, poor upkeep. Uh, let's say your owner is refusing to pay for maintenance and he says, just make it work. And you're not complying with regulations. You're pumping oil over the side. That's when these guys come in and they check the standard of the ship and they make the ship owner liable to you know, bring up the standard of his ship. But now it's come to harassment of seafarers where they come in, they just you know abuse their power. And if something, they do find something, the port state points fingers at the ship. The ship owners or the management also point fingers at the ship management. And seafarers get caught between a rock and a hard place and you got you got nowhere to go but and then it, it's it's a sense of panic where you have to fill or fix uh, everything uh, that they found out and uh, before the ship can sail so it's uh, panic stations everywhere so anyway the point i'm trying to make is uh, this guy came in and uh, he's from marpol apparently yeah, i mean there's a yeah. uh, marpol is short for marine pollution he had this uh, boiler suit on and uh, so like I said, it used to be customary. And then these guys used to come to the engine room and ask for oil and chemicals and stuff. And we used to give it to them till the company cracked down and said, we're not going to do any of this. Zero facilitation payments, nothing. And uh, for the last few years, it's been good. Like nobody's been uh, doing it. But now they've kind of opened up again. And uh, so this guy took the chief engineer to the side and everybody knew what, what that was about. And uh, he asked the chief for 200 liters of hydraulic oil or something. And okay, chief being new to the company didn't know how strict this was. So he says, yeah, okay, uh, I'll speak to my guys and we'll set it up. And he came to me and he said, uh, uh, Arjun, this guy needs uh, oil. And I said, chief, we, we can't give him anything apart from refreshments that were given in the ship's office, biscuits and cookies and soft drink, maybe nothing else. We can't hand him anything. He's like, yeah, okay, then you go tell him. <laughs> so I walk up to the guy. And he's got sunglasses on and he's got a face mask on indoors. And I'm like, yeah, this guy doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want to be recognized, clearly. So he, he pulls out my uh, arm and he says, second, here in Nigeria, we work on cooperation. You know, you must understand. So I realize, I realize what he's talking about. Basically a threat saying that if I don't give him what he wants, he's going to, uh, court, make my life difficult by doing an inspection on the ship. And he's going to find something ridiculous and find the ship or whatever. So, yeah, I've been, I've been in situations like this uh, before and we've been instructed by the company to not engage. I straight away told him, look, I it's not my property, belongs to my company, I can't give it to you. If my company finds out, I'm going to get fired and I don't want to do that. You feel the need to investigate the ship, that's entirely up to you, That's your that's in your power, that's in your discretion. You can do it, I will accompany you, but I cannot give you oil. And the man's tone changed and he says, yeah, okay, my friend. And then he, um, you know, hung out a fist, which I bumped and then we uh, parted ways. The chief engineer comes back all happy and smiling and he's just, he looks to me and says, you know, we make a good team. We're like good policeman, bad policeman. <laughs> like, chief, do you mean good cop, bad cop? He's like, yeah, 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 same, same. So I am the good cop. I say, yeah, yeah, you can take and you're the bad cop who says, no, 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 we cannot give you anything. So I'm the I'm the bad cop on the ship, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was interesting. It was always fun. And as long as the atmosphere is light and cheerful in the engine room, it's on the ship even, it's it's a good place to be. It's it's not so bad. We have been getting into a bit of uh, altercations with the chief chief mate for some reason. I don't know what his deal is. Uh, the the deck crew are not happy with him. He tends to make up stories and uh, talk down to people. And on a few occasions, he's tried that with me, but I don't take no BS. I give it back to him. 
so now it's a cold war kind of going on it's uh, totally unpleasant and totally uncalled for and totally avoidable i don't know why this happens and this i know why this happens because they've just got too much time on their hands they're just sitting around looking outside on windows and stuff that's it and their brain goes to dark and dangerous places whereas engineers we're busy with work we're thinking we're contemplating our next move and we're looking for a little bit of this a little bit of that what can go wrong blah 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 planning next moves and all that so we're busy our mind stays in the job whereas their mind tends to wander so i don't know apparently he'd got ticked off that the engine room was a lot cleaner than the deck was and he he uh, you know unleashed it on the crew and the crew gave it back yeah this happens i guess it happens everywhere but anyway captain's changed he's a bit uh, calmer now and i'm honestly i've disengaged from all this pettiness i'm just there to do my work finish my time and come back home that's all i care about and uh, speaking of coming home now that uh, the chief has announced his departure his tickets are already here he's going to be leaving on the 14th apparently uh, his he showed me this uh, video that his wife sent him apparently he owns a building in mariopol is it and it's just full of holes now it's it's just one entire section the wall has just blown up it's just a hole now it's just no wall there and that's his building and it's gone so yeah there's no water there's no electricity it's there's a hole in the building and it's completely ruined so yeah it's the the uh, effects effects of war are just far and wide and we just don't get to realize how it affects a lot of people just a lot of people even those who are not immediately in the area are just getting affected by this anyway so yeah i was saying chief is probably going to be on his way back on the 14th which made me realize why am i going to stick around till the 28th of september i also threw in an email saying uh, i'm going to be close to 3 months by the time we hit the first port in malaysia and if it's possible i need to get out of here because i've got things planned uh, i've told him i'm planning a study break i told him i need to get corrective eye surgery i told him i need time at home for all these things and uh, yeah it's a holiday in the office i haven't heard back so maybe monday morning i'll hear something because we are 8 hours we are 7 hours behind uh singapore uh time and that's where our crewing is hopefully they'll agree or even if they don't then it's another extra it's a, it's an extra 20 days uh yeah i've i've dealt with worse anyway so yeah that's the round up for this week what is it week number 8 now i think it's week 8 yeah yeah i think it's week 8 uh next week looks to be fairly straightforward we're going to leave nigeria tomorrow tomorrow night maybe or tuesday morning i don't know and uh head off to point nua uh in congo drc and uh i think we're going to drop anchor there because uh yeah we are only going to the port on the on the 14th so we're just going to stick around for a while get some maintenance done things which have been pending and since we were working the entire weekend Uh, we're going to take some time off probably going to take wednesday as a half day because tuesday is a full day off if we follow the hong kong calendar and uh, 9th of august is national day whatever that is like some kind of independence day i'm not sure might have to google that but yeah that's about it so oh 23 minutes boy oh boy oh yeah i have 4g now so this will this will probably upload in no time at all fantastic anywho so yeah thanks for listening in and Thank you for sticking around for this journey with uh, with me uh, means a lot and uh, see you next week do leave a comment i mean just just click some stars on uh, whatever podcast platform you're on just takes a second i mean come on 
and with enough stars with enough comments with enough reviews enough shares we will it will put us on a map and it will uh, at least these episodes when i talk about life at sea and what it actually is about it's it's going to spread the word of how uh, what life is like because people have no idea and i know this from experience because uh, i mean i'm i'm on dating apps and nobody has any idea about what i actually do here but yeah it just puts us puts our word out because nobody cares i mean let's be honest people in the shipping industry know how many ships are attacked how many accidents happen how many crew members die none of it gets released onto the real world because nobody cares unless you have a like a suez canal kind of an incident it was the first time where people asked me oh can ships really be that big and just how narrow is the canal and what exactly are you carrying on these uh, containers and that's where people got really curious because that was the first time a ship was in focus like and why was it in focus because it's blocking trade and millions and billions of dollars were in uh, halted in 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 transit so yeah do give us a like give us a share give us a comment and if you have a question reach out i will uh, talk about it in my in the subsequent episode i am here for another couple of weeks don't know how long we will find out sooner or later hopefully tomorrow let's see or uh, whenever that is yeah i'll keep you posted ready thank you so much enjoy your weekend i will see you on the next one bye bye